Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, my loves. Today, I am bringing you Craig Siegel. This is one of the most dynamic, high-energy conversations I've ever had in an interview. I did not know what to expect going into this. Like, even, you know, the cover, the branding for his podcast, which is called The Craig Siegel Experience, is like him being all, like, buff and motivational. He is a sweetheart. He is a Jersey boy, kind of got that, like, Jersey Prince vibe, former Wall Street guy who found his heart and we just had a really beautiful connection i so want to have some pizza with craig next time i make it to brooklyn and we talked a lot about self-forgiveness it's really beautiful ladies and gentlemen with love danielle me and craig siegel before we dive in we're gonna get a little weird you ready for me i can get weird sure go Danielle, what is your superpower? Listening. I'm also great at giving gifts. Like, you know, we could hang out for an afternoon. I'd be like, ah, I know the perfect gift for Craig. I'm also really great at starting fires. Like I can get something going with wet wood. Um, Yeah, that about covers it. (laughs) I never heard those. That's awesome. And also the gift giving one, that's pretty cool because yeah. a lot of times I find myself like, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday. What do I get them? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Just listen. That goes back to the superpower of just listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of things going on right now in, in the best way possible. You, you, the new book and so forth. And we're going to dive all into that right now today, as you and I are speaking, what are you most excited about? Uh, I am most excited about the final quarter of the year. Like, so Q4 for us right now is like cleanup time. So it's like, get some rest, been in campaign mode. I might like my favorite thing to do is map editorial. Like, this is what I want to say. This is where we're going to say it. Yeah. It's all about sort of creative mapping for me. I'm really stoked about that. Are you a, a, a very visual type of cat? Yeah. 
So like I'm a mind mapper. So, so my, you know, all of my pages are like bubbles connected to other bubbles of like, oh, this is how forgiveness connects to this. And that could be a course and that connects to resilience. And, oh, and then I should do a podcast about that and turn it into something. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I'm similar in the sense that like, I'll get random ideas and be like, oh, that should be a podcast episode or or, that should be part of a masterclass in my membership or or so forth. And it's funny because you can't connect the dots really looking forwards, right? As Steve Jobs said, only looking backwards, but, but I'm also, what do you call it? A mind mapper? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an actual methodology, which like I'm not certified in. I never took the course, but really it's just like bubbles of ideas that get connected. Yeah. Yeah. This is so much fun. There's so many different places that we could take this conversation. I'm just going to hit you with a couple of your greatest hits, which I think will hit home. Yeah. A lot of the content you speak about is inner child work and so forth. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because I was listening to, to one of your podcasts recently for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I want to do the homework and, and show this conversation the respect deserves. Number two, it's really a treat listening to you and the whole audience. If you're not already subscribed to Daniel's podcast, do so immediately. Uh, but one of the things we were talking about is if you don't kind of take care of some of those things from the past, uh, they'll creep up again. Right. And, and I'm a little bit of a believer that like, just choose what you're available for and what you're not. And if you're not available for some of the trauma, the negativity, then you just choose to focus on the good. But the reality is, is it will come back again. Right. So at some point you're going to have to deal with it one way or the other. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Mm. Well, your definition of availability needs to expand. So it's like, you know, I think what you're really saying is I'm up for this. I can take it. I want to be conscious of this, but not a conscious of that. I have time for some of the things that matter most, but not time for those other things. And I think, you know, your higher guidance is going to get your attention and have you get really available to the stuff that, you know, I just say it's the stuff that you've been keeping in the basement of your psyche. And for most of us, it's stuff that comes from like our family of origin. I think comes from lots of other places, but that's the easiest place to kind of get clarity and then sometimes lay blame, too much blame. And we over, we work over that stuff. So it's like, the shame issue, the neuroses, the guilt, the fear, the insecurity, all that stuff that we're all in therapy for, we've got coaches for, or we're just denying or the secrets we don't want to tell anybody else. It will have its moment. And it typically for most of us comes in the form of like some kind of suffering. Like you have the dark night, you crash, you lose the money, you get blindsided by some kind of loss or a breakup, or you get a diagnosis or the anxiety comes in. Until you pay attention and the paying attention is, I think, you know, in the motivational self-help, self-help world that paying attention turns into like, I'm going to overcome it and I'm going to crush it and I'm going to go look at it and I'm going to get better. And that's actually, uh, creates a lot of damage. Yeah. It makes perfect sense the way you illustrated that. And it's so true because it reminds me of like, and something that I recently figured out a little bit better was the masculine and the feminine, right? And my interpretation, and tell me if you agree, is the masculine is kind of in your grind, do, 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 where the feminine is a little bit more be or allow. And when you choose to just overcome it, like you said, like a lot of the self-help people, it's kind of like a band-aid or, or just numbing it until later, right? 
Yeah, that's a great metaphor. Yeah. But let's go back to the masculine and the feminine. Sure. So what you're describing is like the unhealed masculine just keeps going and just keeps overriding. The healed masculine is like, I have vision. I have direction. I am wired to protect. Awesome. Unhealed feminine is without direction, too in the flow, too porous and absorbent, like taking on everybody's feelings. And yeah, and that just leads to like burnout and adrenal fatigue and a neediness complex. Healed femininity is I create with intention. I hold the space. I have vision that is heart-centered. My my way of walking through the world and the divine feminine, this isn't like gender specific, is I believe that everybody's happiness is interconnected and I'm going to be the, the one who points that out. Yeah, that's feminine with some playfulness, with some warmth. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because i just love you this is awesome the only negative i got going on is we don't have 10 hours to chat uh but this is and we'll bring you back for seagull but this is great and, and sometimes that stuff that you just explained you know in this space whatever it can be a little bit like complicated but you you have such a gift of making it so digestible it makes perfect sense and, and also like i'm guilty of and i'm getting better at it because i'm working on it i'm aware of taking on so many people's energy sometimes that it can, it can cause you to look like feel a little depleted. Mm-hmm. I Tell me more about that. What do you mean you take, I want to go down this path. What do you mean you take on people's energy and you feel depleted? So I think before, before I had my big reinvention in many areas, not just career wise, but the person I show up as my identity and so forth, mm-hmm. I think I used to be a bit of a people pleaser and I want everybody to be happy. Now I, I do, a, I got to give myself a little credit. I do a much better job of boundaries and, and taking pride in saying no, right? I, I can't do everything. Um, but, but something that, I, and, and my fiance calls me out on it a little bit, if I'm being 100% vulnerable and transparent with you is sometimes I'm a little bit too empathetic to, to the standpoint that I want to see the good in everybody. Um, and, and I just, maybe some people, I don't want to say don't deserve it because that's not the right terminology. Um, but, but I, I'm affected, um, by how people feel. Mm-hmm. And what's the ill effect of that? Like, why can't you just let yourself be affected by how people feel? I guess it's just, uh, it's very heavy. Mm. What if you expanded? Like, I, I'm, I wonder if, um, I think there's, we're, we're in this dangerous territory around boundaries. So it's like, there are conscious heart centered boundaries where you make sure you are well, you know, your worth, you create conditions of healing for yourself. And then there's ego driven boundaries where it's like they're barriers and people are like, you know, dividing the world up into this works for me. And all of this does not work for me. And my experience is I used to, because, you know, what you're describing is actually like this conundrum that a lot of women identify with. It's just like, I'm feeling everybody's feelings because I'm so empathic. And I think if we over identify as being empathic, it actually starts to hold us back. It becomes another way. It's actually a bit of an ego trip. Like I'm so special because I feel everybody's feelings and then I'm drained. No, the drain is, and I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but like, you know, 
like the drain is the resistance. Like I want to be separate from everybody else. I think there's a different approach, which is feeling everybody's feelings, being aware of it, aware. This is different. Aware of everybody's feelings is actually a superpower to use your word from the top of the hour. Yep. It's a superpower to walk into your room and be able to sense that and read somebody's body language and think, is everybody here accounted for and fed? And are we all being included? That is like some powerful stuff. The, the difference is you're not going to like take it on. You are, you're just kind of full of love and self-awareness. Yep. And you just keep expanding, just expand, expand, expand. I'm vast. I'm big. I'm dynamic. I can be aware of everybody's feelings. Take care of myself. It's a different viewpoint. What an awesome paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Right? That's all it is. It's the same thing. Just uh, looking at it from a different perspective. It's actually a gift. And then maybe I can be a little bit more selective on which energies I, I allow to, to consume me or, or some I just don't. I just feel them and they just are. Yeah, I think there's two things. One is you get more selective about who you want in your room and who you're going to hang out with. And you, but you do that from a place of this is for my wellness. This is so I can, um, I can be less fragmented. I can be more whole. This is a condition of healing. These are people I vibe with. I want to hang out with. This is great. This is like self love, self care, basic, but life is not that clean, right? So we're bumping up against people, whether we're in business with them or I'm on the subway with them all the time. And like the stuff they're carrying around in their energy field is bumping up against the stuff we're carrying around in our energy field. Then we get into like, we are all actually from the same source, living through the same, you know, some of us are in the matrix and awake. Some of us are in the matrix and not awake. Um, (laughs) That's right. But I, I think you know, what I hear in you too is like, you're feeling some heartbreak, right? Like feeling how people feel and it's not great feelings. It's like, it's so sweet and tender. And these are, this life is heartbreaking. Just don't resist that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And thank you for articulating that in a way that was very empowering. And I'm going to carry that with me moving forward. Okay, great. Therapy session complete. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just getting warmed up. This is too good. This is gripping stuff. You mentioned the word vibration there. Uh, one thing that I, I'm really big on nowadays, which I used to not buy into, but it really changed everything for me is vibrations and frequencies and understanding how to be available and be a vibrational match for all the abundance out there and kind of block out that interference. One thing that I know that you talk about, and I love the way you do, is shifting vibrations. And I think this will really hit home for the audience. How does one shift their vibration? You choose correct thoughts. You choose loving thoughts. You choose nourishing thoughts. This is all, by the way, science-backed. All this, you know, you can hook someone up to an electromagnometer and measure energy frequency that comes off the brain versus what comes out of the heart center. The heart vibration is 60 times stronger than what comes out of the brain, which is to say, you know, thoughts mixed with this intention of goodwill, love are much more powerful. So, okay, follow me on this one. Can we do a thought experiment? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So here's the premise. Energy follows thought. 
I didn't get this for years. Like I got it conceptually. I, I think I get it now. So energy follows thought. So have a thought right now, Craig, anybody listening, um, just think about your body and you don't have to tell us what you think. Okay. And um, pick the thought. So you probably had a couple thoughts. Pick the thought that's most outstanding. Could be the most negative thought. Could be the most positive thought, but it's like, whoa, that's there's some kind of stick to that. Okay. All right. So how would you describe that thought? Like, what's the characteristic of that one thought? Gratitude. Gratitude. Okay. All right. So imagine that. Well, let me just back up one step. Gratitude is the energy of that thought. So I'm looking for what's the vibe, what's the care, what's the flavor of that thought, because that's the energy that you're going to attract more of. So you have a thought, its energy is essentially the stuff of gratitude that's hanging out in your energy field. Like attracts like. This is basic physics. Like attracts like. You have one, let's just broad brush stroke it. You have one positive thought. That's going to generate more positive thoughts. You're going to think, oh, I could also be grateful for this and this and this. All these other things about my body, about my strength, all these other things about my life. And you create these kind of clusters of energy, like attracts like. Negative thought, you know, one more shitty thought, another reason, another thought to validate the crappy, the whatever, the constricted, the fearful, whatever. And so that's what magnetism is all about. I mean, you can just break this down like basic self-help. Somebody walks in a room, you know, if they're vibing it positive, you know, if they're like grumpy, curmudgeon, greedy baller, whatever it is. And, <laughs> and you can watch, watch the room, watch that positive person magnetize other people to them. That is that person creating their reality with their thoughts. That's vibe. This is unbelievable. And, and a quote that I heard, I forgot who said it, maybe a couple people that I, I try to teach everybody. And it's hard to understand unless you really buy it is you don't manifest what you want. You manifest what you are. Um, yes. The reason why this is so powerful, Danielle, is because if you're not getting the results, in my opinion, that you desire in this world, that's feedback, right? That you're giving off probably not the best vibes because it's coming back. Yes. Uh there's, I think there's two pillars to that. One is you've got to be carrying that vibration that you want to be manifesting. How do you do that? You use your free will to constantly be choosing what we can just call positive thoughts. Now there's a whole layer here we should talk to talk about, about, you know, toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing. But the other thing is, you have to leave a lot of room for mystery. So it's like, I know how to manifest. It's a basic science. It's available to everybody. You see it. You have, you know, there's textures and there's a sensuality of the vision. You feel the vision. You water that vision every day with your attention. I feel this happening. I feel this happening. But it doesn't always work. This is the thing. Like, I think, you know, my joke has always been, you know, if, most people who held manifestation workshops were honest to be like manifestation workshop. Your chances are 50, 50 <laughs> because <laughs> you don't know. So like the other, the other, the other side of this is that I think the higher self knows what's best for you. You can be wanting 
from your wounded self, from your ego self. And your, your soul is going to make sure that you like move in the direction of actual evolution and growth and you don't get everything. And then my experience has been all those times where, you know, quote unquote, the manifestation didn't work. Life had something way better in store for me. It came much later and it was, it was taller and more loving, or it was more lucrative or more peaceful or whatever. I just needed to, you know, the universe was not operating on my scared, impatient, not very trusting timeline. Yeah. That's so relatable to me. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it awesome when you do finally allow and, and get in coherence with the universe of what, how ironically, how quickly things begin to progress after that. Yeah. And you know where I think we're actually heading is to be more desireless, to have fewer desires. And, you know, the Buddhist teaching is that desire is the root of suffering. And this really messed with my head for a long time. Cause you know, I wrote a book called desire map is really about a holistic approach to goal setting, but this was always in the back of my mind, like desire is the root of suffering. And you're going to desire, you have a mind, you're in this d- dimension, you're going to want things like even, you know, a devoted Buddhist desires freedom, enlightenment, like there is a wanting the mind wants. I think the trick is the, the pivot for me, the evolution for me has been to desire higher, to want for the right things for the right reasons. And then the experience of going to crush those goals, so to speak, is really different. It's much better on my nervous system. And I get a lot more satisfaction when I get there. Like I actually get some peace from the achievement as opposed to, okay, nailed that next and never stop. I would just like keep going until life, you know, life helped me stop through some anxiety and some panic and like just slow down and look at what's under the hood and why you're striving. Which, by the way, happened for you, not to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, hey, just for a minute. Can I just slide off my soapbox and bring it behind the scenes and talk about what you need? In order to be more empathized, you need to meditate, yo. And I have something for that. I have meditation kits, love and radiance, healing your inner child, embrace, bringing in the divine feminine, creation space to connect more to your expansive self, and earth adoration. It's a practice of seva to pour your loving energy onto all elements of the earth. Yeah? Just head to my site, daniellaport.com, and they will all be there for you. This is this is incredible. And, and as you were just illustrating that desire, like it, it is a little bit of a, um, you know, it'll mess with your mind a little bit when, when you think about it like that. But also I've heard you say desire higher. So are, are those two concepts contradictory or not so much? No, it's going to happen. You are going to want. Great. Want from your healed self, create goals and visions for your life that are from that place where you feel interconnected to other people. Like, you know, your happiness matters to me. My happiness should matter to you. Is what I'm going after going to 
help my nervous system? Is it going to help other people or is it going to harm me and harm other people? Like just really basic question. Is my desire from a place of goodwill? Just start there. Just start there. You can still want the same things, but yeah, I want to, I think there's like, um, there's some extra gold to sprinkle on this, which is seeing yourself. Like, I think the days of the bucket list, the self-centered bucket list are over. The ego-centered goal chasing has really, it's frying us. It's causing a lot of anxiety. I can tell you how many successful people I've talked to who are on some kind of anxiety management medication or who have that really, you know, that dark night impact. I got to stop. I got to quit. I got to pay attention to myself, my kids, my body, my God, whatever it is. Um. Where was I going with that? Yeah. So the other layer here is you can want all the same things. You can want to make your first six figures. Go ahead and make your first seven figures. How is that going to benefit your world? How, and you work that into the vision. Like this is a thing. It's not about not wanting it. Working some love, some heart centeredness into the vision will actually help you accomplish the vision vision has to be genuine, but you know, lots of women listening or men. I want to be with my ideal partner. I want to meet my beloved. Wonderful. Desire that bring that in and then add to your manifestation vision. You know, you're seeing the wedding or you're seeing the first kiss or whatever it is. Add to that vision. How reaching your goal is going to contribute to the world. It's like being in love makes me a better boss. We're going to raise beautiful children who want to make a difference on the planet. It's all just sweeten everything with some love. This is is so relatable because what what I used to consider validation years back was Mm -hmm. making money, looking good in the gym, a nice watch. And I was very unenlightened then. And now the, the best form of validation that I can receive is that somebody's going to breathe a little bit different oxygen because you and I showed up today, right? And, and someone's going to get a nugget and be like, hey, I heard your conversation with Danielle. It really helped me shift my vibration or shift my perspective. And that's what it's all about because I know the word impact is used a lot, but that's how we can contribute, right? To, to help somebody else elevate and so forth. And that's really what it's all about. Can we talk about the watch? <laughs> yes. Okay. So why did you want the watch? Um, you know, back then, I, I think that it was a sign to me of success. And for those that can't see, I'm using quotations. Yeah. And then did you see, because I have my own analogy of the watch. Like for me, it was the purse. I wanted the $3,000 purse. Which one, Louis Vuitton? No, I wouldn't have gone Louis. I would have been more like a Celine or a Balenciaga or something, you know? Understood. <laughs> um, I actually have a vintage Louis that somebody gifted me and I can't, I can't, I can't carry it. It's because there's so much attached to that symbol Yeah. where I used to want that symbol. So you think about all these things, I'm sure I'm guessing, you know, you had a story around that symbol, like I'm going to walk in the room and they're going to see the watch and they're going to know who they're dealing with. Correct. There's like stuff behind the watch. I had to do a lot of things to get this watch. Mm -hmm. And for me, you can fill in your own blanks. Like for me, the purse was 
don't you see how intelligent I am? Don't you see that I am unique in this self-help space? Don't you see that I'm worth X amount for this book deal? And that is wounded, unhealed, shadowy, inner child, ego, me, needing the purse. I got over the purse. I can, I, I, I even knew when I wanted the purse, like I always envied people who could just show up without any of the accoutrements and just be that, the understated person. And you get there, you know, life baptizes you and you realize I don't need the watch. Yeah. Yeah. Humility and all that stuff. This This is great. And you mentioned the word shadow there. What is the collective shadow? Well, the shadow is everybody's ego just tripping together. The you know the the collective version of that. So it's like you got a shadow, I got a shadow, and it's really. Um, I mean, the goodness of humanity shows up every day, and the shadow side of humanity shows up every day. And here's the thing with the shadow and what shadow work really is. So, shadow is all the stuff you don't want to look at. It's all the stuff you keep pushing away, the stuff you try to um, overcome, which I think is such a damaging part of self-help culture, overcoming all this stuff. You don't want to overcome it. You want to integrate it. You created all the stuff, created all the fears, created all the neuroses, the greed, all that stuff. Don't push it away. Bring it in. Just wants, Just wants to come home. Integrate it. You get more whole. So let's, let's pause for a second, talk about the ego. Sure. So the ego, the ego's job is just like this opinion machine. Here's another opinion, another one, another one. This is my opinion about what's valuable, what's not valuable. This is my opinion about how you should vote. This is my opinion about who's right, who's wrong, why I'm worthy, why I'm unworthy. Divide, 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 separate, separate, opinion, opinion, opinion. So it's this big opinion maker. And then all these little um, kind of baby opinions come from the big ego about your identity. This is who I am in the world. I identify as I'm from this country. This is what mothers do. This is what wives do. This is what entrepreneurs do. This is what Catholics do. Just all. And you know what all those opinions make you? Very easy to offend. You become so offendable with all of those strong identity identifications. So doing the shadow work is basically kind of running down your opinions. Like, where does that come from? Why do I think that? And you will get to a point, I'm pretty sure you realize that we're all really programmed. And I think it's to the extreme where we're actually programmed how to feel like when this happens, you should be angry. And this is what anger looks like. When this happens, you should be happy. And this is this is what success looks like, et cetera, et cetera. Such a drag. So when you talk about ego obliteration, is that this? Yeah. But here's the twist. Love a twist. Don't the circumstances are going to obliterate your ego. You're going to get humiliated, canceled, dumped. Um, you're going to end up in all sorts of circumstances that are, you know, it's a lot of suffering. 
And, you know, lots of us can, you know, when you're on your knees, you're closest to God. True. And when you are canceled, you are closest to your true self. It's like all these masks get burned and you realize like, this is who I really am. It's like, I'm, 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 you know, you can still have the watch, but you realize I'm not the watch. I'm not the watch. I'm not even my identity as someone's son. I'm actually so much more. I'm loving and I'm compassionate and I'm broken and I'm fucking resilient. And I'm actually, I am love. I love, you know what you realize? You realize that you love to love. Yeah. This is dynamite. And I love when you get fired up because I can tell this is great stuff. You mentioned the word resilience there. And another cool paradigm shift that you speak about is this, because later on for the audience, what resilience is not. Yeah, stop getting tough. So we think resilience is about endurance and soldiering on and getting more leathery and like I can take it. Yeah, resilience is about you can take it, but it's you can take it because you become more flexible. Resilience is the bend. It's like, I, you know, in How to Be Loving, I tell the story of working with a shaman who, you know, his, his way with me was always saying, Danielle, we bend so that we don't break. We bend so that we don't break. So what does it mean to bend? You consider somebody else's opinion. You do the loving thing. You, maybe the loving thing is you shut up. Maybe the loving thing is you, is you say the loving thing. The loving thing is like, you consider all your brokenness and all the stuff you're ashamed of. Maybe the loving thing is, this is, you know, what I've learned about resilience. It really is the letting go of desire. Okay. Like this is what I wanted to happen. It's not happening. So I can fight against that. I can get brittle. I can get more opinionated. I can try and force things. Is that how I want it to be not getting the results I want, or I can actually get resilient. It's like, well, let me adapt to what's here. And the reason I can adapt and love things as is, is because like, I'm trusting, I'm trusting that like there's some universal intelligence and my higher self looking after me and, you know, all the closed doors are going to lead somewhere better. And I have to adapt to, to, I'm saying you as just like, you know, relationships. I have to adapt to you and all relationships I have in the world, not meeting my expectations, not being the way I think they should be. And that's the power move. That's the love move. Like, oh, okay, well, this is how you're showing up today. I'm big enough to love that. I got space for that. If I don't have space, I can peace out. One of the many things that I love that you do is you mentioned earlier how programmed we are. And most people subconscious have been programmed probably since seven years old. You put a twist on so many different philosophies, right? Or what we've been told something means. But, But why does it actually mean that? Right. And then you come in and you say, wait a minute, what if it means this? And then by having a different perspective on something, you change how you respond to it. And essentially you change your life. Yeah. And that questioning of what if it means this, 
That's you being more conscious. That's you being awake. Like question it all. Like, is this what success is supposed to look like? Is this what a relationship is? What is fulfillment? What is love? If everybody just asks, like, is this loving? Huh? Maybe not. Okay. Well, what would be the loving, inclusive, compassionate thing to do here with my business, with my money, with my relationship, with my vote, all of it, the educational system. Yeah. This is too good. Your new book, How to Be Loving. Why that book and why now? Why not? (laughs) Right? Like, you know, I just feel like, well, obviously now it's like we are more divided than ever. Big facts. Big facts. Big facts. Yeah. (laughs) And I think we've, um, we've forgotten who we are. We've lost our way. I want to remind us who we are. I mean, how to be loving is really about correct identification, identifying with your true self. Yeah. One of the things that you talk about is the heart is the portal. Yeah. Uh, I'm not 100%. I don't 100% know what you mean by that, but I'd love to know because it just sounds beautiful. Okay. It's so great talking to you. You're so fresh. It's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. There's two ways to look at this. One is physically and energetically. And then there's like a really more spiritual way. Um, physically, we have what lots of people now in mainstream are calling energy centers, which, you know, for thousands of years have been called chakras. And so your heart chakra is like in this center of your heart, your upper torso. Every mystic throughout time will tell you, you want to access higher states of consciousness, concentrate on the heart, breathe into the heart. This is why breathing works. Breathing regulates your nervous system, gets your all your chemicals going in the right direction. But like the more, you know, kind of spiritual perspective of that is like, when you get in sync with your breath, you are harnessing life force life force like it's nothing juicier the stuff that is keeping us all moving functioning so what i see happening in in this space is like we come up we got the tools there's the breath work and then we should meditate and then there's the working out <laughs> and there's the app and all these things but it's really the portal to peacefulness centeredness loving intelligence actually is built into your body. It's in the human body. So you use your mind to focus on that portal called your heart chakra and you breathe. It's like the magic door in Narnia in the wardrobe. That's it. It works time and time again. And even the really kind of esoteric, you know, highfalutin gurus will tell you, you can meditate all you want. You can do all the postures, but you only get to enlightenment through the heart. So why don't you just start there? Yeah, it's not about it's not about an extra meditation. It's not about an extra self-help book. I don't even think it's about an extra day in church. Although go do all those things. If they really nourish you and have you feel closer to your truth, do all that. I do most of those things. Um, but just Really stop, drop, breathe into your heart, 
make this a daily practice. You make it a daily practice. And then when you're in the crunch and in the bind and someone pisses you off and cuts you off in traffic, or your person says that thing that drives you crazy, because you've been breathing into your heart center on a fairly regular basis, you'll actually remember, you'll remember that you do have these tools in the argument, like, oh, okay, I have the tool. There's that one line I can say to myself. There's that one thought, that one idea that helps me not lash out. I can work with my tone. I can do the tapping on the, whatever the tool is. Yeah. You're such a beautiful soul. I'm sure I'm probably the billionth person to tell you that. But when you speak, like, I feel like you're, it's penetrating my soul. Like I, I was just like meditating on, on your words and not only are they digestible, but you make a lot of this, this stuff very practical. Mm, mm. it's not always one more thing it's like just be present and mindful tap into the heart Mm -hmm. this is i learned the hard way i learned the hard way yeah i think we have to to an extent yeah experience life the darkness to want to see the light you can't just have a mentor and say oh don't do this and i'll I'll be fine like you have to experience some stuff Mm -hmm. yeah lived experience yeah equals wisdom nuggets for days mm-hmm. we'll land the plane with, with a couple final nuggets okay um something that i really worked on which really helped and i know everybody can relate to this is the dance of self-forgiveness mm-hmm. how important is that and how can people uh improve upon that to kind of I don't know, become a little bit lighter and free. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is the, um, I think this is the reason we're here. This is the reason we're alive. I think this is the work. You know, everybody talking about do the work. This is the work. The work is, can you love the part of yourself that you hate the most? Ooh. And if you can do that, Just the one thing that you loathe about yourself. There's a lot of shame. If you can start to love on that and actually see the beauty of it, it will change your relationship with all those other things about yourself that you are not so proud of or that you just are really struggling with addictions or just staying up too late or whatever it is. And you will be, you know, that lovingness is going to radiate outward. You're going to be more fun to be with. You will be more responsive instead of reactive, but it's really, really hard to do because the stuff that we loathe about ourselves or those things we did, they're really embedded in the psyche. They've got tentacles. It's like, you know, I'll give you, this is like a light, easy example. You know, there's lots of stuff I've said on stage that I've regretted. I usually regret something. Most gigs, most podcasts, I'm like, oh, I cannot believe I said that. <laughs> there was one particular gig where, you know, I was like extra arrogant. And it really haunted me for like a couple of years. I'm just like, oh, cannot believe I said that. And I said it in front of like a packed house. And I knew, you know, I got to take my medicine. Like I really needed to forgive that behavior I needed, it was haunting me. 
And so I had to have like a, and this is an important word. I had to have a friendly conversation with the worst part of me, which is my, for me, it's my arrogance. And I had to change my tone and just, you know, what was going on that day? Where were you coming from? And you know what? Thanks for showing up because you've made me look at so much more stuff. Like if I can get in right relationship with that incident and my arrogance, I'm going to clean up so many other parts of my life. And, you know, I can just see what's in my underneath my arrogance is my fear, fear of control, fear of loss, fear of, I mean, it just goes all kinds of fear. And it really brings me like to my heart. And I was able to have compassion for myself. That's like just a really simple story of some self-forgiveness. Yeah. But I had to work on it for a long time. Sure. And a word that comes to mind is grace. Give yourself some grace. Yeah. Give it, I gave myself some grace. Yeah. Like I would with my child. Like I would with my partner on the best day. Like you're good. I love you no matter what. You can be, you can show up tomorrow a mess and I'm still going to love you. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll land the plane with this. So fitting. You say, I love you. What does it really mean when we say, I love you? I love you. Well, if you're made of love, if you're made of love, then what it means when you say, I love you is I am love seeing you. I am love gazing upon you. I'm made of the stuff and I'm putting my attention in your direction. So we're really saying, I am loving you. This is unbelievable. You can use that at your wedding, by the way. <laughs> you know, right. do Corinthians and then do some Laporte. It's going to be great. <laughs> Putting that in the vows for sure. Uh, this is just a short and I come. I feel an instant connection to you. I have like a dopamine hit. Like, like I'm high on life. So oh, it's cool. Yeah, it's good. It's good for me too. Yeah, it's great. It's really special. Um, we, we know the book is dropping. The audience is exploring very loyal, engaging. What's the best way for all of them to support you? Uh, there's three ways. One is go get a copy of how to be loving wherever you like to support your bookstore, but get two copies because this is really a book to give. It's about giving the love. Uh, I have a leadership program called heart centered leadership. We have 400 coaches and facilitators in 30 countries teaching about virtue and resilience in boardrooms and in yoga studios. So come and check that out. And I have a really lovely membership called the Heart Center Membership, which is really this kind of spiritual support system. Yeah, it's like, I feel like, you know, my membership is probably the yin to your yang membership. Yeah, <laughs> I would say definitely. And this is just great. And for the audience, trust me, um, you know, I, I only surround myself with people that I hold in, in utmost respect and credibility. How can I personally support you, Danielle? Oh, this is it. This is great. Yeah, this is great. I mean, however, um, however you're moved to, however you're moved to. Okay. And I just thought of another thing that we can do and just came to mind. Um, for the best takeaway from this episode, someone takes a screenshot and posts it. Once we drop it, the best one will decide. Uh, Danielle will send, if you're up for a little giveaway, 
uh, oh, yeah. one signed copy of her new book deal. Sure. <laughs> Done. Uh, hang up for one second because I want to connect with you. I want you to know you the definition of perspective, reinvention, and growth from taking your life experience to spreading positivity, light, and deep below the surface truths. You're a true visionary, role model, and beacon of hope for anybody coming up today with big goals and aspirations. I could personally guarantee your best yet to come. Keep on spreading your wings and leaving your mark on this world. So much love and respect for you. Thank you so much for stopping by and dropping these priceless nuggets today. This was so fun. I'm so grateful, Craig. Thank you. Thank you. That was too much fun. Yeah, you're great. You're really great at this. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.